focus on a completely unified message across the general manager, the head coach, and ownership to what exactly we want to be as a football organization. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process. We are going to turn over every stone to find the right players for this team. We are not just collecting talent. We're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. Ego does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei. Monty Eisenfort, the new general manager of the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. That was the quote that caught the most attention yesterday. As it should. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. That led to a follow-up question and this explanation from Monty Asenfort. Well, there's, there's one goal here. It's to win. Okay? There's, there's no putting personal interests in front of the team. Um, I, was, I was told once the definition of mental toughness is putting the team in front of something that maybe would have been better personally for me. So that, to me, is the type of players that we're looking for. Um, in, in regards to your question about the number of unrestricted free agency, that's absolutely a, a, a process that we have to get going. Uh, I've, I've started my process of evaluating the roster. I need to do more, and that's something that is, is a priority for me. And we will continue to do that. And I think between unrestricted free agency and the draft and trades and roster cutdown, there are numerous ways for us to build this roster, and we are going to investigate every single possible one of those with unrestricted free agency being one of those. When you hear a quote like that, ego will not be tolerated in this organization, the initial reaction is, okay, that is directed towards a player or a couple of players or a handful of players. Is that is that fair to have that reaction in your mind? I, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, I think maybe. I think maybe that, that we all know the number one issue is kind of making Kyler Murray more of a team-first kind of guy and, and, and growing him across the board. Uh, I, I think that I think he misspoke is what I think. I don't think Monty Ossenfort really believes that ego should not be tolerated in an organization. What a boring organization that would be. I, I, mean, I mean, it you, sounds like he's talking about the New England it Patriots. It does, <laughs> and, and you want the Patriots, but I think you only want the Patriots to a certain degree. And, and again, I think I think most of the great sports teams in any sport, you're going to find no shortage of egos. I think what he meant to say, and I think what Michael Bidwill tried to clarify yes. for him, is that a lack of accountability yeah. will not be tolerated in this organization. And here was that uh, clarification or follow-up from Michael Bidwill. I think it is related, and uh, it, it was just described in a different way. It was accountability. We need more accountability. And uh, that is something that Monty and I talked about. And it's, it's, it's clear that that's going to be an emphasis here. And that's what he just described is setting ego aside. And it's all about accountability to the team. So I think it's absolutely related. It's absolutely something our players are interested in. And, uh, and that, that, that was something I had in my mind when I was evaluating what a great talent evaluator Monty is, what a great leader is, what his work ethic and passion passion is around winning football. Uh, so that was something very important to me. And our players' uh, input 
uh, was very, you know, uh, had its impact. I mean, I knew that, but it was also good to see see and hear that from our players and then see that that's exactly what Monty Austin Port is about. In, in retrospect, to hear Michael Bidwell's comments and then, you know, put those up against the comments that he made in, mm-hmm. in one of the money moments from Hard Knocks is when he stepped in front of the team and talked, look, I can see who's cutting corners. Mm-hmm. The constant refrain from Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach at the end, grasping to these straws of, hey, I, I love that you guys stuck together. You're fighting. You're Thanks giving me everything trying, you have. Yeah, which was not every true. Week, which, which was not true, but it was... It was. I, I was that a last ditch attempt by by Cliff to to try to save his job to convince Maybe. the right people that hey these guys aren't checking out. Um, obviously, Michael Bidwill felt differently, and that's a big reason why there's a new coach coming to the Arizona Cardinals. I I think I think Cliff Kingsbury was actually very grateful for the amount of effort he did receive given their True. lack of results. There and, wasn't that like I said there wasn't that fifty eight nothing blowout no. in Seattle. There wasn't a one sided. There wasn't a mutiny. No, there wasn't a mutiny for the guys that were on the field. Those guys actually played probably to their potential and, and to their maximum effort level. Right. And, and so I, I'm not sure that Cliff was really doing anything other than just processing what he saw as a guy that kind of knew he should have never been a head coach in the first place. Um, I, I think that, yeah, so I, I think that that statement that he said might come back to bite him a little bit, but I do think in in listening to every word of that press conference, like I said, I, I think Monty Austin Ford um, really, uh, he, he looked comfortable, but he wasn't totally natural. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's there's a difference. The guys that can go up there and just really own it, the Dan Campbells of the world, Monty Austin Ford wasn't at that level, and I think he was trying hard to say all the things that everybody wants to hear, and that's natural. And I believe that he does believe a lot of that stuff, and I do believe that he must have given Michael Bidwell the best presentation that Michael received for this thing to fall as fast and the way that it did, mm-hmm. but but to come on say ego will not be tolerated in this organization that that can't be what he means. He you meant need selfishness. To have ego. Yes, that's what he meant. He meant selfishness, and which is a lack of accountability to the team. And and because what he's speaking at when and again not to keep going back to the Lions who are not in the playoffs by the way. But but what they've got now is building towards what you want ideally, something so special that people want to be a part of it. Not, oh, you're lucky to have me to be part of you. I'm lucky to be part of this. And, and I think that's what they've got to build here. And, and, and I, I hope that that's all that was because that was the one thing where I'm like, whoa, I, I don't know if we want that much of a correction. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you brought it up. The Lions are not in the playoffs. Wouldn't you have rather have seen them on the field on Saturday instead of the Seahawks? I want to say yes, but I'm telling you, this worked out better for the Lions. For for the Lions to have been spared a first-round annihilation... Yeah, to to go out with a win. It's like the Suns in the bubble in Lambo. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good that's yeah. a pretty good comparison, right? Yeah, there. you you you've got this nice achievement in bubble wrap, and nobody can mess with it. And like the Suns in the bubble, some people will say there's a team to watch out for, while others will say, oh, it didn't matter. They shouldn't have even been there in the first right, place. That's right. Pick your level of Metallica single day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. 
Night one with Pantera, September 1st. Night two with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd. All going on at uh, State Farm Stadium. Coming up next, there are eight teams remaining in the playoff field vying for that Vince Lombardi trophy. We'll take a look at the field and some moments from Super Wild Card Weekend next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. One weekend down in the record books. And already, I can I know I can speak for yourself and I can speak for me. But after one weekend of the playoffs, yeah. both of our teams we picked to win the Super Bowl are out of contention. Okay. And I'm not and I'm not saying this to, to poke fun at your pick. Who did I, I pick to you, win the Super Bowl? You picked Denver. At the beginning of the year. <laughs> well, over over Tampa. Listen, well, I that, picked Tampa Bay. Yeah. There, Okay, there's nothing that happened in the in the playoffs that would have affected my pick. I no, was true. done before the playoffs. <laughs> He's no let more dead now than he was. Yeah, right. That's right. Who did you pick at the beginning of the year, Jared? Do you remember? I don't remember. I, I don't remember at all. Did you make a pick? I think I we I think we all made picks. I don't remember. So Sarah, you don't remember either, huh? Oh, you know what? Actually, they I, don't remember. I do remember, and mine also. I'm in the same boat as Dan. I picked the Packers. Ooh. Oh, is that right? What a hump. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to claim it's a good segue though. You picked uh you picked San Francisco with yeah, a third string quarterback, just, didn't you, Sarah? I just knew. Yeah. I, no, I I don't think I made a pick, but I'm sure I would have been wrong. Well, I will tell you what. This is and I don't know where exactly where we're going at this moment, but I'm going to say this right off the jump. There's I read a story late last night that talked about how the NFC is now the site of the changing of the guard that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are truly near the finish line like we suspected going into this season and now they're going to give way to this new generation of quarterbacks and they listed all the young quarterbacks on that list was Brock Purdy so what what I think we need to find out and what we're going to find out over the coming weeks is is this real is Brock Purdy really a thing is he really going to be a breakout star to that level and if that's the case how lucky do the 49ers get with him sometimes it happens sometimes you get you know, bad news on the quarterback front. There's, there, I mean, there's two recent examples of guys who carved out Hall of Fame careers. Kurt Warner. Do you remember what people said about the St. Louis Rams when Trent Green went down with a knee injury? They're done. done they're finished. And it was an immediate, oh, man, this is pretty good. Oh, he can't sustain it. Guess what? He sustained it. He's in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Tom Brady, door opened up for a six-round pick because Drew Brees nearly, or excuse me, Drew Bledsoe nearly died uh, after taking a hit uh, in a game against the Jets. We're still talking about Tom Brady. (laughs) Every once in a while, lightning gets caught in a bottle. Mm. And and I don't want to puff our chests out on this show, but when Jimmy Garoppolo went down... There was a small faction of people that said, oh, it's over for the 49ers. They can't win with Brock Purdy. We did not say that. The San Francisco 49ers, in my mind, what Kyle Shannon, and he's been described as a wizard, and that's happening a lot now, too, because they've won 11 straight games. He's all that. He's advanced. There's no doubt about it. But what he has been able to do is create an offense that has playmakers that can run the football in a number of different ways. But it's not dependent on the quarterback. What Brock Purdy has done 
is way above and beyond expectations. Yeah. But had he been playing just a game manager role, they could still be winning football games. That's that to that's me true. is what Kyle Shanahan has done. That's that's better but, than but, anything. But else. Has, this guy's making plays in the passing game, and when he breaks containment, he's got a great awareness. Yes. He, he he can spot open receivers when he's scrambling out of the pocket. And a lot of guy, a lot of young guys, when they scramble and leave the pocket, do you know what they see downfield? Blurs. Mm-hmm. So, so if Brock Purdy is a breakout star, that's most unfortunate for the Arizona Cardinals it, it, going forward. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. It's very fortunate for San Francisco huh. because they have the ability to move on from a high Dude. draft pick. There would be interest in Trey Lancer on the league. They'll get they'll get assets for him. This football team almost committed the most egregious faux pas of trading up crazy amounts of capital without knowing what quarterback they were going to yeah, take. Yeah, and they're going to come out smelling like a and rose. They're going to come out with a franchise quarterback nonetheless. It's and he's truly the last dis- guy in the draft. It's yeah. true, and that adds to it. It's yes. truly disgusting. Because it is. Because then you just average it out. Like, well, yeah, we used the top five pick on a quarterback. We and got we got the a quarterback. So you, even right. now, we only you know use the fourth round yeah. pick. This past weekend, we had two seventh round picks and an undrafted guy starting at quarterback in the NFL playoffs. And only one guy remains, and that's Bro- it's an Bro- unbelievable. And I said it going in. I didn't think the slate of games and Super Wild Card Weekend on paper was that good. Way better on the field than it was. Yeah, they were on, on paper. Yeah, Other than the first game, really the last game. Agree with you. Totally agree. With you. The first game stunk, and the and last even game stunk. The San Francisco Seattle game was good, was for, good for two and a half quarters. Yeah. It was two and a half quarters. It was good. Yeah, there was nothing good about the Monday night game. No, I agree with you. On Unless that. you're just really taking that much. Yes, which we are exuberance from Tom Brady playing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. Uh, this weekend, the schedule, two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. I like the way they split this up, too. All right. The uh, the Saturday games, Kansas City at home, rested, hosting Jacksonville off their big comeback win. And the Giants on the road at Philadelphia is the night game. Um, those are the two games that you kind of labeled as the seeming like layups. Yeah, you corrected me. The latter game, you were right about that. That was an unfair characterization on the latter game but by my look, part. But the Giants aren't playing against Minnesota no. in that defense this no. week. No, no. So Philadelphia's got a lot more to offer. Yeah, but the Giants deserve more credit than I gave them. Yeah. I just, the, the times I've seen them, they've, they've seemed efficient, but they've always seemed not that dynamic. I, Daniel Jones was really good last weekend. And, he was fantastic. He was yeah. one of the players of the weekend. Yeah, and Brian Dables obviously had a real uh, a real connection with this team and Saquon Barkley. So, listen, I was I was underselling the Giants. That That's not a layup for the Eagles. But where you didn't undersell is those two games, if, if this was a fight card, yeah, they'd, they'd be, be under, on the undercard. Right, without a doubt. The main events are Sunday. Cincinnati, yeah. Buffalo <laughs> at 1 o'clock uh-huh. in uh, Dallas at San Francisco in the 4.30 game. Yeah. And, that's and, an awesome day of football. Oh, it is an incredible, that's about as good of a day of football and, and hopefully it will live up to, to what you think because for, for different reasons. Uh, the 49ers Cowboys is just big boy football at its finest and, and that opening game, there's just something very, there's just something very spiritual about that game. Well, I think there's there's an interesting divide in these two games too. They're both marquee matchups. You mentioned it. The, the big boy football. Dallas and San Francisco both handled their business better than anybody this past weekend. Cincinnati and Buffalo were both overwhelming favorites in their games and barely got by against under, you know, uh, unsung quarterbacks. They got to feel I think the Bills and Bengals have to feel fortunate right now that they're 
participating in the second weekend. Yeah, one play I, here or there, they both could be out. Yeah, yeah, and again, that would have been that would have been very unfortunate for football fans. And it I, would have been. I always feel this way about the NCAA tournament, the opening weekend. You're always cheering for the underdogs, but you don't want them playing basketball in the second weekend. Yeah, you want the chalk in the second weekend. You want the underdogs, but you don't want to have to watch them twice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you want the you want the 16 seed to win and then just like forfeit and then let the team that they beat move on anyway. Right now, let the big boys play. Right. Thank right. you. Exactly. That was fun. Thank you. Right. Get back to. To the kids table right, exactly you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now coming up next the big stories of the day sarah gazelle's got them for us in the rush hour reboot it's pickley and murata mornings live from the Akchan community studios on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I'm Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day with Dan Bickley. Hey! Hey! Vince Murata. Oh. There is no fear in this dojo. Joe, we, we, we don't even know what a dojo is. There is no mercy in this dojo. Yep. Is that first guy, Ron Wolfley? That was a joke. Uh, there is no fear <laughs> in this dojo. <laughs> Sorry, and Jared Carlin. Jared Carlin. I have to work with drunk people every day. Mm, it's true. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals had their introductory press conference for their new general manager, Monty Austin Fort. Uh, Let's run through a couple of the things he said in his press conference. All right. Yes, he said he is going to entertain trading the Cardinals' number three pick. I hope we don't pick third overall again. That's for one. Um, The benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is uh, there, there could be calls on that pick. And we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team. And so if we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that will help build the team, we're going to entertain that. Okay, very interesting. What does DeAndre Hopkins' future look like here in the Valley? Michael Bidwell actually stepped in to answer that one. We talked about a number of things, but those are some of the things that he's going to he's going to be evaluating. And so, the, he's, as he said, he's only been in the building a few hours. He's, he's uh, doesn't even know his way around. So I think he'll, he'll be working on that in the, in the coming weeks, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that more. We did hear that about 25 times. I don't know my way around yet. Got to find the bathrooms. You got to breadcrumb me to my office. <laughs> Uh, And then the headline, or the quote, I should say, that seemed to make the most headlines, no egos allowed. We're going to focus on a completely unified message across the general manager, the head coach, and ownership to what exactly we want to be as a football organization. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process. We are going to turn over every stone to find the right players for this team. We're not just collecting talent, we're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. Okay, 
Murray. A lot of people thought he was sub-press conferencing Kyler Murray, but I think that was everyone just projecting. <laughs> sub-press conference. Because it's not a sub-tweet, it's right? Good. So it's a sub-press yeah, conference. Right. Uh, what was your guys' biggest takeaway from Monty Austin Fort's first day on the job? I think Bick said it earlier. I think he's right. Um, winning the press conference is not that big, big a deal. When you're the Lo- GM. Losing a press conference is a big deal. He certainly didn't do, didn't that. do that. He said a lot of things that people wanted to hear and that are obvious to a lot of people that follow this football team on what needs to happen. Uh, I like the part about the scouting, the exhaustive scouting. The, the failures in drafting are not all on the scouting department, not all on the GM. A lot no. of it can be pinned on, hey, once these guys are in the fold, how are they being developed? But scouting was not exactly a strength over the last five years for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, and, and again, it's as, as Mike Reese pointed out, it, it, not it, that's I think that's probably accurate. But again, scouts give the decision makers the info. Then the decision makers yes. have to do with it what they will. That's true. There might have been too many voices involved in the, the draft day machination of the Cardinals, from the head coach to the owner, you know what I mean? Uh Uh, The whole thing just seemed to be a little wayward, if if you will. My biggest takeaway was, yeah, I I think, think, Vinny, that's a nice synopsis. I think think it was a good press conference. I think it was a little uncomfortable. He's never had this job before, so that's very natural. You're you're speaking to a a, a new city and a new audience, and you're trying to tell them that I am the guy, and and again, you don't even know where the bathrooms are. So how much can you front in that situation? How many times does the director of player personnel give a press conference in that setting? Yeah, it's, that's it, true. It's, yeah. A, a, it's right. a new experience. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thought he did well. Yeah, I'd be nervous too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give him that for sure. I just hope that he found the bathroom. I pooped my pants. Oh, okay. Jared. Oh. Welcome to town, sir. All right. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Sean Payton and his candidacy. Easy enough for me to say with the Arizona Cardinals. And Bick, you said you feel like he's not really an option for the Cardinals anymore. I I don't. Okay. So let's take him off the table then. Without him, who is your best case scenario for the Cardinals with the current list of candidates? That's Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, D'Amico Ryans, Frank Reich, who was interviewed yesterday, and then a new name entering the fold, Giro Evero, the Broncos DC. Yeah, and I've heard Shane Stryken, who's what the OC in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. is a guy that's that's got a lot of um, got a lot of new swag on him. I, I would say this: I, t- to me, I, I like Frank Reich because of the experience. I like Brian Flores because of the experience and the hard-ass demeanor. I'm uh, I'm efforting, as a lot of people are, I'm trying to get a real clear 360 view of who Brian Flores is mm-hmm. uh, because there seems to be some polarization about yeah. how great he is or not as a head coach. Yeah. Um, I would have to say right off the top, one of those two guys, and I am leaning leaning with a um, not a fully informed opinion on Brian Flores at the moment. Yeah, I, I tend to feel the same way Bick does. I think experience matters in this head coaching hire, especially since you have a first-time general manager. And what this head coach, whether it's a defensive head coach or an offensive head coach, there's going to be culpability and responsibility to get Kyler Murray to where he needs to be. I don't know if you can do that. It's proven to be a difficult task so far. Yes. I don't know if you can do that without experience. So I would prioritize a Brian Flores or, I mean, Peyton's still number one on my list, but you said we're taking him off the table. Yeah. Flores, Reich, um, those two guys above all else. But there's some other intrigue. And D'Amico Ryans is an intriguing guy. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, that that's the way I would I would break it down right now. Okay, let's quickly get to the NBA. Jake Fisher covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. He put out a piece yesterday about D'Angelo Russell and a handful of possible trade scenarios that the Timberwolves are looking into. Uh, he's disgruntled there. Uh, said last month, you either take advantage of me and my ability or bleep up the opportunity with me. It's simple as that. He also you know, points to him being an alpha for not getting along with some of his teammates. So some personality clashes, it sounds like. Now, at the bottom of that piece by Jake Fisher, he throws in the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers as possibilities to land Russell, since both teams could use um, some help in the backcourt. We already went through this with this particular player in 2019, right? Summer of 2019, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, now here we are again talking about D'Angelo Russell. Any interest? Any possibility? Nope. No? Absolutely nope. not. Nope. No, man, uh, it's amazing that he's played on four teams, and yeah. the problems, man, they, the problems just find this guy everywhere he goes. Yeah. They're they're no, against listen. him. Um, there were there were a lot of a lot of dudes who didn't dig what he pulled off in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when he ratted on Nick Young, yeah, yes. him, yeah, that whole thing. You and mess that, with Iggy Azalea, no, you just, mess with me. No, still, but again, there's just there's just a code of etiquette that you Certainly. just kind of look at and then go, what? And, and to me, I think also more than anything, he's just not a serious winning basketball player. He is just not. You can have him. You can have Carl Anthony Towns. Let Minnesota revel in Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I hope the Clippers get him. Yeah, I just got I just got into a discussion. Yeah. Somebody asked a question about that. Would you take D'Angelo Russell this year? He's on an expiring contract, and I was like, I wouldn't take him for free. I don't I, want him. I'm, I I'm totally with agree with I'm, with Bick. He's not a winning nope. basketball player. But he's friends with Devin Booker. He's not, not a winning basketball slam player. Cover. I haven't seen too much connection between D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker since that slam cover, yeah, by the way. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. I think Devin Booker's kind of distanced think, himself from, you, the, yeah. from the goofy friends he may have. Yeah, Devin Booker's like 15 miles down the road. Yeah, yeah D'Angelo Russell's back here hitchhiking. And they, yeah, I know. So Clippers uh, management, go all in. Go for it. D'Angelo ah, Russell yeah, is your man. Funny. Wow, you that both called funny. him an unserious player. That's He's like not the biggest insult. Player. I think on my Twitter, my Twitter uh, discussion I had, I called him a deliberate, aloof offensive player who's allergic to defense. Ooh, a deliberate, aloof offensive player. That's good. Yeah, he's allergic to defense. What a combo. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. I feel Thanks, rebooted Sarah. now. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, you guys. Uh, football season is over for most of the teams in the league, but we're going into another season in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady possibility season. Oh, it's here and it's in full effect. We'll get into it next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. It's, it's just taking some time. Taking some time. Pausing. Letting kind of all the emotions uh, kind of run through you. And then, and, then, uh, and then starting to see how it feels day after day. And... and What's coming to mind? You missing it? Not missing it? You excited about the next season? New challenge? Whatever it might be, and, and then uh, and then going, uh, kind of lean into that uh, that feeling, and whatever feels right in your body is probably uh, what it's going to be. I think it's got to be a full f- yes. It's got to be like a yes, hundred percent. I'm in. And if it's not that, then you're out. It's Aaron Rodgers now with normal hair uh, appearing on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and here we are, Bick. <laughs> Packers don't Again, make the playoffs. We're back here, okay. going into the second weekend of the uh, playoffs, and all the speculation is about Aaron Rodgers' future. What will determine whether he'll play again? Will it be in Green Bay? Will it be somewhere else? 
Everything's a beautiful mystery. Part, ah, yeah. part two. <laughs> um, okay, a couple things about Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I I know that people are hypercritical about everything he has to say, and I know people are kind of fixating on, oh, all you care about is winning a personal MVP award than actually winning a championship. I, I get that. I get, I get that he gets picked apart on that level, but then again, he asks for it by going on Pat McAfee's show as a weekly guest yeah. and kind of putting himself out there. The thing about Aaron Rodgers that, that I I, I, I can't shake is it it always seems like he has to remind the city of Green Bay other either subtly or otherwise that they are lucky to have him. That's a good way to put it. So what is, it's kind of the vibe he throws off that yeah. don't you people realize I've spent 18 years of my adult life giving you the best I have in yeah. this tiny little right. town in right. Wisconsin. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so there's that. So, again, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, the idea that he's going to go and play elsewhere, if he were going to go and play elsewhere, I think it would have happened already. I think he had the opportunity to make it happen. I, I think he I think he's torn. I think he wants to be fawned over and I, I think he wants to be celebrated and I think he wants to be, you know, exalted. Yet at the same time, I think he realizes the value of staying in Green Bay. I, so I, I don't know it's people are are worn out by him yes it's again what what they did this year was interesting but again they're just not they're they're a non-playoff team at the moment in the same interview with pat mcafee he talked about the possible future in green bay and if they choose after missing the playoffs for the first time in a while to tear it down he doesn't want to be a part of it if there's a rebuild going on i won't be a part of that listen i don't think any team outside of maybe uh, you know the Texans this year or some there's a couple of teams maybe who might say yeah we're rebuilding you know we finished you know yep. down at the bottom of the league and we're you know obviously we're going to start over new you know these teams who have new GM or head coach and they're dropped in pretty high they might admit that they're in some sort of rebuild but not you know most teams in the middle of the pack aren't going to say hey we're going to rebuild I'm sure that'll trigger somebody asking them you know are you guys rebuilding and, and the answer would be of course not you know we're, we got this and we have that and, and but it's a mindset you know if they want to go younger and, and think Jordan's ready to go then they're then that might be the way they want to go and if that's the case and I still want to play then there's only one option right that's to play somewhere else um, you know if it's not and they you know like no no we you know, still want you to play and you know this and that then it have to be uh, you know the right situation with the roster it looks like we can we can win it all because there's no point coming back if you don't think you can win it all I don't know where I heard it but I think the Colts are in the middle of a rebuild did it yeah, that's the that's the one job that I think there's there is so much Jim Irsay weirdness that came uh, that uh, I mean it's always been there but it really bubbled up with the hiring of Jeff Saturday yes and and I think th- that I think what you're going to see with that gig either it's going to go to Jeff Saturday or it's going to be the it's going to be the last job open. They've got a very extensive list of candidates. Um, Jeff Saturday is on that list, but uh, Ben Johnson interviewed. He's already taken himself out of the running. Harbaugh, out of the running because he's going back to Michigan. Um, the guys that they have, Aaron Glenn, Raheem Morris, Shane Steichen, Ehero, uh, Ever- I mess up his name every time, Evero, um, Evero, 
Uh, Jeff Saturday, Blanche Devereaux, Bubba Ventrone, Eric Bieniemy, Wink Martindale's on their list, D'Amico Ryans and Dan Quinn. So they got a lot of candidates on their list. Uh, possibilities in Carolina. Mike Florio of PFT put this out there. Um, could Sean Payton be in on Carolina with Tom Brady as their quarterback? What do you think of that possibility? Okay, uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady of five years ago, yes. I just don't think Sean Payton is that kind of guy that would go, oh, I get a chance to coach Tom Brady. How can I say no to that? Like Doug Collins and Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. how could I say no to that? I don't think this is going to be that case. I think Sean Payton is too cutthroat to do that. And he wouldn't. After all these, not all these years, it's only been one year, but to come out of retirement for a short-term solution like that and then mm-hmm. not know your future with Carolina after that, at quarterback... Yeah, because you would think Brady would be a one. I mean, he's got to stop playing at some point, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Right? Plus, the, I mean, there's a new movie, uh, oh. 80 for Brady, coming out. It might yeah. be Brady at 80 at this rate. Yeah, and everybody is, is writing and saying the same joke at the end of, of, of the Buccaneers playoff debacle that, that Brady in 2022 lost the game and the girl. Everyone's writing the same thing. <laughs> And, and that's not They're supposed not to happen to the great American quarterback. You're supposed to get both. Well, th- that's where when you're afforded the opportunity to ride off into the sunset on top, take it's it. very wise right. to take that take opportunity it, because it's never going to get better <laughs> no, than those moments. No, it's not. And he had it so perfect. Yeah, first like year Jordan in Tampa. Had it so perfect. Won a Super Bowl in his home stadium. In his first year there? Yeah, it's, listen, it, it's gotten to the point where it, his need to play football, it's it's almost beyond pathetic. It's almost kind of sad, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right? I agree. Either that or his marriage was actually holy hell and he couldn't wait to get out. Maybe both are true. <laughs> maybe one is true. Maybe, maybe it didn't matter what, how many games the Bucks won. Reminds, maybe, you ever yeah. see an officer and a gentleman? Yes. Remember Richard Gere's character? Yes. Crying and he's like, I got nowhere else to go. Right. That's Tom Brady basically at this point. He might have another place to go, but the league itself, he's got nowhere else to go. (laughs) Who who was the dude that played that? Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Is that it? He won the Oscar. What a tremendous acting job that was. Great movie. That was actually a very good movie. I'm glad you brought that up. I had not thought about that movie in years. I think I found our song of the day. <laughs> nah. No, I don't. Also, which one is it? Which one was in that movie? It was Joe a- Cocker and Jennifer Warren. Oh, yeah. Up Where We Belong. Love Lift You Up. That's right. Now, here's your long distance dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, 8 o'clock arrives, and with it comes the Bickley Blast. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> Bickley and Marat Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.